Hello and welcome again to Podcast in the Woods. It is good to have you all here uh, joining us this, so uh, what is it, Wednesday afternoon. And I am joined by a very special guest this week. As always, it is Gabby Gore from Horror Haven LLC. How are you doing today? I'm good, friend. How are you? I'm doing quite well. And before we get into anything, before we hop in, because I'm sure we have some tremendous thoughts about this. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your show and where they can find you? Well, um, right now, if you want to hear us, we have our um, backlog that you can listen to. Uh, the show is on a bit of a hiatus right now. Um, but any episode that you want to hear, you can find us wherever you find your podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, Anchor. We're on Twitter at Horror LLC, Instagram at Horror Haven LLC, and on the Slasher app at Horror Haven LLC. Awesome. And guys, as always, all those links will be down in the description. So please, please, please check this wonderful show out. They do a tremendous job. It is Gabby Gore and the Horror Gamer. And they're just not only amazing people, but they are amazing podcasters. So you owe it to yourself. Aww, thank you, friend. To go check them out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, I'm so happy that we could work this out. I know that we ran into a, a little bit of a snag here and there, but we got this worked out. And I'm excited because today we were going to be talking about Lovecraft movies. And when I suggested this, it wasn't too long. And you came back with Event Horizon. So why, why that movie? Um. Well, you know, I've, I've loved horror since I was a kid and I loved, I've always loved horror movies and I've always loved horror books, but growing up, I was a big Dean Koontz fan. Oh yeah, um, me too. I love that. Yeah. I love Dean. Yeah. And Stephen King too, but I never really got much into Lovecraft books. And, um, so it was always a surprise to me when I would watch a movie and then I would read a review about it and they would say, well, that you know, that was based on a Lovecraft story, or that's a, you know, that's a Lovecraft theme, or, you know, and I was like, well, who the hell is Lovecraft? Like, what is this, you know, and so, you know, as I got older, I would do a little bit more research, and, you know, Event Horizon came out in the 90s, um, when I was a junior in high school, so is that 98 or 99, 97, maybe, oh, God bless, um, and, when when you had said we were going to do the Lovecraft theme, I was excited. I was like, you know, hey, I, I don't know much about Lovecraft. Let's get into this. And when I was looking up Lovecraft themed movies, one of them, uh, not based directly on a Lovecraft story that came up was Event Horizon. And it's one of my all time favorites. That is a tremendous movie. And like you, I am not the biggest actual Lovecraft fan when it comes to his stories. I've read a couple and uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're pretty good, but uh, a lot of the movies that have Lovecraft names are just, are just amazing. And the two that we're going to be talking about today, Event Horizon and Phantoms, are definitely not Lovecraft movies. <laughs> uh, and tenuously, uh, tenuously, they uh, do have Lovecraft themes, but uh, man, uh, I'm I'm so interested in getting your thoughts on Phantoms because a lot of people hate that movie. And if you do, that's fine. <laughs> 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 it, 
because I will never say that Phantoms is a good movie, but for some reason, uh, whether it was because I ended up seeing it pretty much after it came back or it came out or I don't, I don't know what it is, but it, it's just always stuck with me. And I've seen it probably 20 times. It's one of my comfort movies. I just absolutely love that one for, for whatever reason. But every time I, I put that out there or suggest that to somebody, especially fans of 90s movies, I usually get negative reviews on that. So I'll be interested <laughs> to see what you think about it. <laughs> but without further ado, we'll get into it. We're going to talk about Event Horizon first. And okay. it is directed by Paul Anderson is probably his best movie. Well, by leaps and bounds, it's his, his best movie, unless you happen to be a Mortal Kombat fan. But uh, it's, it is definitely, definitely a phenomenal, phenomenal film and starring the dreamy, dreamy Sam Neill, uh, Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne, Jason Isaacs, Joey Richardson, and others. INDB synopsis, a rescue crew investigates a spaceship that disappeared into a black hole and has now returned with someone or something new on board. And a, a lot of times, anytime that Event Horizon gets brought up, you hear that this movie called Hellraiser in Space, which I kind of, I, I, I do, I kind of see that comparison, but I really think this, that does this movie injustice. I think it, I agree. Really its own thing. What do you, what do you think about that? I agree with you completely. Um, I think Hellraiser is definitely off on its own. Um, and I think Event Horizon, it takes a lot from a lot of different stories, but it really makes its own. And it, a lot of it is unoriginal, but it's original. I kind of get that. At like, the same time. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Oh, absolutely. It, yeah. Absolutely. I, I, I love the idea of you know, and, and, and it doesn't wait until the end to let you know where was the ship. Right. You know, it, it lets you know, and, and that's part of, part of the great suspense in this movie is you find out the ship went to hell and now it wants to go back. And that's the suspense of, well, I don't want to go to hell. Well, nobody would, nobody wants to go to hell. You got to get out of there, yeah. you know, and, and Sam Neill, who's just a phenomenal actor in anything that he does. I just love him. Oh, he's incredible. Yeah. And his absolute descent. I mean, anytime he plays a crazy man, he does it so well. And he does it in a way that I don't know that if I ever saw him walking down the street, if I would approach him. I don't know. He just seems, he seems so nice. Like, but yeah, when he turns it on, you know, in the mouth of madness is a is another great example of that yeah. or, or possession. When it, he he's just he can he can really really turn on sinister. And yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you when it when it comes to that. I know what the I think the reason that this gets compared to Hellraiser so much is just I mean that's the closest thing that you can that people can think of. But yeah, really this this is such a unique movie. And I mean, I've never seen anything quite like this before or even even after. I mean, you know, when when people talk about horror in space, this is top three that that people always mention. And yeah. for, for very, very good reason, like the first time that I watched this movie, it scared the shit out of me. I mean, I was probably me too. like, I don't know, 15 or 16 or something like that. And I thought me I was too. pretty desensitized. I'd already seen 
crazy crap like uh, you know Last House on the Left, and yeah. I'd seen Hellraiser, I'd I'd seen a you know a bunch of stuff, but this movie yeah. just totally came out of the blue. Like I had no idea what I was in for uh, when yeah. I hit play on this. I mean, take us back to your first to your first watch. What was your what was your first experience like with this one? Also, I was I, I think I was sixteen, um, and I obviously I was living with my parents. I had a bedroom. My bedroom was in the basement and, um, we had the, the local video store, you know, and every Friday, my dad, after school, we would go down to the video store and get our videos for the weekend. And I had picked this up and I, I've always been a horror fan. I've never been a big science fiction fan. I love the alien movies, obviously. Um, if you have a pulse, you love the alien movies, they're masterpieces. Oh, yeah. um, but as far as science fiction, space, aliens, all of that, it's never really been my thing. Um, so when I picked that up, I'll never forget my dad going, well, that's a spaceship movie. And I went, yeah, but that's the guy from In the Mouth of Madness. And he went, yeah, whatever, you know? So I put it in, turned out all the lights, did not think for one second that I was gonna be freaked out boy was I wrong I mean this movie scared the ever-living shit out of me the first time I saw it you know when your bed you know when you're in a, the basement when the lights are out it's dark and the movie itself is a dark movie the lighting in it is not bright and I hadn't I remember I remember having nightmares that night the night that I watched it and it really it was terribly effective and it still is. Coincidentally, today, um, I worked from home, so I had the TV on in the background for, for uh, background noise. Event Horizon was on cable. I watched it today. And there are still scenes from this movie that 20 some odd years later still freak me out a little bit. They get my pulse up. You know, when he grabs um, DJ, and fillets him, you know, cuts him and spreads him open. And Captain Miller goes in and finds him. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh. I mean, you know, and, and when he turns around and Weir is standing behind him and he has no eyes. I mean, anybody that doesn't have eyes, that's scary oh, yeah. automatically. <laughs> and I work for an eye doctor. Oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> And it still scares me. Yeah, I remember, uh, man, the first time that, that I saw it, it was, like I said, I had no idea what, or no clue what, what I was going to be in for. And about halfway through, I, I ended up pausing it, like, okay, we're going to need a bit of a stretch, you know, go get something yeah. to drink. Yeah, I just needed, needed a little bit of break and then got back into it. And yeah, it instantly became one of my favorite movies. I've seen this you know, at least 10 or 12 times and probably rewatch it at, at least once a year, every year for Halloween. Oh, yeah. It's one of my Halloween movies. Um, yeah. I don't know why, because it has nothing to do with Halloween, but it's just scary as, scary yeah. as hell. So yeah, I, I absolutely love this. this I movie still own this on VHS. Oh my goodness. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. This was one of my go-tos when I was younger. Um, and it's, it's, yeah, I still have the VHS tape in my it's in my attic but yeah 
Um, I still have it. And every, every once in a while, when I'm up in my attic, putting something away or taking something out, I see it. And I, I get that, you know, those, those nostalgia feelings that oh, I want to watch it with the staticky sound and the, and the messed up tracking, you know, oh, I yeah. miss, I miss seeing it that way, but watching it on, I think today it was on Showtime, you know, watching it that way. It's, it's still pretty cool. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it never, it, to me, it never loses its spark. I think the only thing that I, yeah, the only thing that I own on VHS is uh, Evil Dead 2. And I do, I like, I've got a VCR still. So every yeah. now and then I'll, uh, I'll pop that one in. And, oh, it's, I don't know what it is, but yeah, so, something about that aesthetic is just, it, it's really fun. And it kind of makes it a little bit creepier, actually. It really does. It, it feels, I think it's because it reminds us of our old home videos. So it feels more real yeah. to us in our generation that that staticky that the sound goes in and out sometimes and that the the color you know remember on the old home videos that sometimes everybody would just turn orange yep and then it would go back to regular color and you know sometimes old movies do that and and I I just I miss that that background buzz and you know I still I still have my VCR um uh uh a, a uh, an inside joke that horror gamer and I have is he would always make fun of me for still having my VCR. And for my birthday last year, he bought me a Blu-ray player. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so um, I, I did actually put away my VCR, but I certainly did not get rid of it. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and I do, I do like to get it out sometimes and just just watch old movies and and that's how I still watch I mean I still have my home movies from when I was a kid and you know so there is there is something about and and there is something about there were so many bad movies that came out in the late 90s and I think that that's something about Event Horizon that it might not be as good as we think it is but because it was just a little bit good it's so good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was there was definitely a lot of trash that came came out. Oh. I mean, there were there were good things as well. I mean, there there were good things, but there was a and you know, late '90s. Once Scream came out, everything was slasher, right? And this was so different from everything else that came out. It really came out of left field. And to give that, I mean, it wasn't even ten full seconds that that the the log. The video of the log, not even 10 seconds of that glimpse into hell was so disturbing of, is this what it really looks like? Yeah, that was, oh my goodness. Yeah. And we'll get into that scene. I mean, that's, yeah. we'll, we'll say that one for, for later on. Cause okay. yeah, you can't, you can't talk about this movie without talking about that, <laughs> that scene. Yeah. It's always that scene, but yeah. Uh, so we'll get into that. We'll, and why don't we, we'll start, we'll start off on the movie and they, it's funny because they, uh, you know, you get the opening, the opening crawl, kind of like Star Wars, uh, a fucked mm -hmm. up Star Wars, but, um, <laughs> and they're talking about how this was there in the year 2047. And I, I always wonder why these sci-fi movies don't just set it like, instead of doing, you know, 30, 40, 50 years in the future, why don't they just do a hundred? Because, yeah. you know, I mean, we're, we're not that far off from, it's only 20, 25 years from now. Right. 
<laughs> and I have a uh, I have a suspicion that we are probably not going to get wormhole creating spaceships within the next uh, ten to fifteen years or so. So yeah, that's that's something that always sticks out to me about sci-fi, and I do like sci-fi, but I always wonder like why don't you just push that farther into the future? That way, you know, I kind of like how everybody made such a big deal about Back to the Future in 2015, and yeah. you know about how we don't have any of that stuff. Yeah, why don't you just set it, you know, farther into the future so you don't have to worry about any of these kind of uh, comparisons or or contradictions. Exactly. So talk to us about this opening scene, because some of the trivia that I was that I was reading about it, like they basically and not that you notice at all, because this film has some tremendous effects, but apparently like a third of the effects budget went into like this, the, the scene with the, the spaceship and the, you know, the earth in the background. So talk to us about this opening scene and just what you thought about the effects in the film. I thought it was beautiful. You yeah, know, was- you know, you, you start out with just, it's, it's very serene. It's very quiet. And it, it kind of, what I like about the opening scene is you don't realize it when you're watching it, it does not set the tone. No. You know, um, and you know, you're panning, you're panning through, through the ship. But you know what? I do have a little, a little bone to pick. Okay. The opening scene. All right. The body. Are you talking about his 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 wife's body or no 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 wait no wait no wait no wait no wait am I skipping ahead? I think the you opening are. am I am I skipping ahead? The opening scene. Oh, you're talking about the uh, the body that they find once they get to the event horizon. Is that the one? Yes. Okay, because I was like, uh, you know, I, I did watch no, this no, a couple no. of days ago, but I'm like, I am confused. I don't remember a body within the, like the first the first few minutes. No, Weir is on his spot in right. the beginning. Did it make you jump when he opened the blinds? No. It did me the first time I watched it. <laughs> because no, it's so I, quiet. And then he yeah. opens those blinds and it's like, yeah, it's jarring. No, I'm, it's it's really hard for a jump scare to get me. Um, the ring, the ring, that one got me because it was just so out of out of nowhere. Um, but normally, when it comes to jump scares, even like the musical cues, like the cheap jump scares that they do all the time, I'm you know they it it takes a lot to get me. So yeah, no, that one I w- I was good with that one. I was I was okay. Now later on, uh, there were there were a few of them. Uh, there were a couple times that. Uh, the, yeah, I, I I jumped a little bit, but not not during that. the The initial one didn't get me. They really do a good job to me of setting up Weir as almost a Jack Torrance character esque. Right. Yeah. That he's he's got his demons, you know. Um but he's working on it. He's working through it. And you can tell that in his dreams of his wife. And 
so you, you kind of you you feel that little bit of sympathy for him, but you also think this guy, he's on the ledge, you know, and so you kind of you're kind of you're looking at him and you're thinking like, mm, do I sympathize or do I not? But it's that it's the same as Jack Torrance being given the tour of the Overlook. That's what Dr. Weir eating the cereal reminds me of. Yeah. Because it's just so regular guy eating cereal and having a job interview. Yeah, that's a fantastic I've, comparison. Like I've never, I've never really put that together like the Jack Torrance and, uh, and Dr. Weir, but. I almost wonder if Sam Neill took anything from Jack Nicholson. I mean, Sam Neill is a much, much more subdued actor than Jack Nicholson, but his descent is very much like Jack Nicholson's in The Shining. I mean, it's violent. It's gradual, but sudden at the same time. It's, you know, over the same thing. You know, I mean, if you think about it, it's, it's an issue with the wife. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's always something that has, because I love the shining. I've, I've seen the shining probably more than definitely more than I've seen event horizon, but there's, there's just something about that cereal bowl. <laughs> eating that cereal on his on his little lonely spaceship you know just like jack driving the car up the mountain and and getting his little job interview you know yeah and that that may have been so and i couldn't put my finger on it but there was just something like from the beginning of course you see you know you see he has that that nightmare and he, he sees his wife and so of course you know that that's uh pretty scary but there was something about that that was just unnerving not yeah. not specifically that scene but just just the movie in general and yeah. I could not put my finger on what it was and so that I that may have been what it was is just the way that he plays that that the character so yeah, yeah that's that's awesome yeah the way that I it's such a testament to Sam Neill's talent that that undercurrent right that it's just there you can just see it you it, 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 no that's a lie you can't see it you feel it yeah you know and to be able to feel it through a screen that's pretty it's pretty good that's pretty impressive absolutely yeah. yeah so we're aboard the lewis and clark and you kind of are meeting the crew Lawrence Fishburne's character, and man, I love Lawrence Fishburne. He is so charismatic in everything that, that he does. Such a great actor. Him and yeah. Sam Neill together, they could have done a hundred movies together. I would have watched every single one of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's just incredible. He just has this presence about it. I mean, just just this commanding presence, you know, whether yeah. he's playing Morpheus or, you know, whatever it is yeah. that, that he's doing. You know, you just want to listen to what it is that, that he has to say because you feel like he's all right this guy is is someone who is in control they have their stuff mm -hmm. together mm -hmm. so the casting of this is just 
brilliant. I mean, specifically Lawrence Fishburne, but the whole cast, I mean, does does a really, really great job. And and they mesh so well together. You really felt like they had been working together for years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. About so much better than uh, something like Alien Isolation. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But yeah, uh, every one of them, yeah, just kind of fit together. And though they weren't, you know, not not every one of them was was going for, you could say, you know, it was just a, a top-notch actor and auteur or something like that. But but they weren't, you're right, they worked so, so well together. And, you know, I kind of mentioned, you know, the dread a little bit, but did were you prepared for the craziness that was to come in this film? No, not a bit. Um, I don't remember the trailer from this movie, but you know, this movie was pre-internet. So right. if you didn't catch the trailer on TV or at the beginning of another VHS, you didn't know anything about it. Yeah. And you know, back in the video store era, the poster was the most important part, the cover. That was the most important thing about a movie. Nobody was even going to touch, nobody was gonna read the description of your movie if the cover didn't look good yeah. or the poster. And the cover for this movie was so good that I don't remember reading the description on the back. It was yeah. in the horror section of my new release wall at my local video store. So I was like, oh yeah cool cover let's check it out you know that was that was my reasoning for picking it up and I had no idea you know when they kept saying well where did the ship go where was the ship where was the ship I mean I feel like I was sitting at the edge of my seat going like talking to the tv going yeah where was the ship where was it where'd they go I need to know and that's another thing this this movie does so well is build that mystery you're yeah you're absolutely right yeah you're just want to know okay what happened you know what what oh my goodness what happened to this this crew and and all that yep that is that's oh, it's so good and i never watch trailers to this day like i i just don't do it uh you know unless i happen to be and i catch a lot of movies in the theaters and stuff so i am subjected to it at that point because i always get there early but normally uh especially with things that are streaming or something like that like i avoid trailers like the like a play because if it doesn't oh go ahead go ahead I have a friend who is just like you who refuses to watch trailers and I uh, at the theater the trailers are my favorite I love the previews but I'm I'm getting better I used to I used to be so bad with trailers that I would stop a movie in the middle of it and rewatch the trailer. Okay. But, and I wouldn't watch a movie without seeing the trailer first. And if it was a movie like an indie movie on a streamer, if it didn't have a trailer, I wouldn't watch it. But now having been friends with him long enough, um, I will watch a movie now without a trailer and I don't seek out the trailer before I watch now, but you, you and he are a lot alike. I'm not watching the trailers. Oh, it gives me palpitations. Yeah, I just feel like, I don't know. There are trailers that that do a good job, but X was one of them that, that did a phenomenal job of not giving anything away, that kind of stuff, but just kind of giving you the hint of, of the tone for the movie. But Did you see X? 
Oh, I've, <laughs> yeah, you haven't seen my socials. <laughs> I've seen X five times now. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I apologize to you and to every single person who's listening, especially if you listen to um, Horror Haven LLC. Uh, we lost three employees in one week at my job and I'm the office manager. I'm working seven days a week right now. Oh my goodness. Social media doesn't exist to me right now. Oh no, you're fine. <laughs> that is the cause for our hiatus right now. Actually, is that I, I am working so much right now. I yeah. So um, no, I have not seen your. You've seen it five times. It's that yeah. good. Oh, it's 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 brilliant. Now I don't want to, I don't want to oversell it because yes, it does have a lot of acclaim and people like it. But there are people that that don't. So uh, yeah, don't let me build your expectations too high. Um, but as for me, I mean, it is right in my wheelhouse. First of all, I love Ty West. I love all the stuff that he's done in, in horror. I love the innkeepers. I'm, that, I the loved of, innkeepers. Yeah. Oh God, that movie was so good. The House of the Devil is just so good. a masterpiece. Yep. And I even love his, his cameo. I, and you're next. We talked about it on this show a couple of times. Uh, we, we covered your next one time and, and it just came up uh, on a different occasion. But I thought I thought his cameo in, in that was just so funny. It was so brilliant. You know, where he's sitting at the dinner table and, and his his brother in the movie is telling him because he's a filmmaker mm -hmm. and his brother is telling him that uh, he needs to do commercials. <laughs> and that's where all the money is. <laughs> Oh, your next was, I mean, everything that he does is just so genius. Yeah. And I think that that combined with A24 decided to do a slasher is just so like, hmm, I could get into this, but I haven't had time to go to the movie theater lately. But I, I was really, really looking forward to X. I really wanted to see it. I don't even know if it's still out in the theaters around here. Yeah, I think it's it's here for a couple more days and I'm going to try. I've got so busy right now, but I'm going to try to get back at least one more time uh, to see it before it leaves theaters. But it's supposed to be streaming. I'm not sure on which platform, but it starts streaming on Thursday, uh, I believe. So if you can't catch it in the theaters, then uh, you can at least watch it on some on some streaming service. But yeah, I, I, I loved it. Yeah, Ty West is my jam. And when he did a slasher, it's just, oh man, it, it just gave me all the good feels. Yeah, the characters. Oh, I will absolutely pay when it comes out on demand to see it at home. Yeah, I said, uh, yeah, Ty, Ty West is just getting all my money right now. And uh, as soon as that steel steel book comes out, I'm uh, Blu-ray. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be picking that up as well. <laughs> oh man. It's uh, yeah. It's uh, God, I had so much fun with that movie every time. Like I, for some, I don't know what it is, but I, I've had so much fun with it every single time. And I, and I pick up new things in it. I mean, it's a simple movie. It's a simple concept, but I'm, I'm still picking up like different things every time that I watch it. Man, I don't know. Maybe it's just a mindset that I go with in, you know, different times or different things that I'm, that I'm getting besides the ones that are on the surface and stuff like that. So I, man, I, I really, I really, really, really dig that movie. No, but anyway, back to the High West thing. I think that you can find things in his movie because he's just, he's so, he's so layered and nuanced and he just, he knows what he's doing. 
and he's a fan so he knows what to do and i i'm sure there's so many things that you can pick up and all of his movies are rewatchable you're next i could watch that like as a background you know everybody has like their background noise movies oh yeah your next could totally be a background noise movie for me i love that movie is so freaking funny it is it is it's so darkly funny and it's just it's incredible it's a wonderful ride yeah absolutely i love that one as as well but anyway back back to uh back to the horizon oh yeah we were talking about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I was gonna say if we have, if you'd seen X, we could do a we could do a mini review of X right now. <laughs> <laughs> but we they uh, we get the uh, kind of what they're going through. So they've been out for fifty six days. Like they you know we get introduced to the characters a little bit, and they're on this rescue mission. And because the event horizon has popped up from nowhere, beyond the eighth planet of Neptune which I guess at some point Pluto is going to become a planet again. So that's, uh, that's good news for Pluto. But would you, <laughs> would you be able to like, to work like this to where, I don't know, you go into stasis for like 56 days and all that. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it depends on the money, but I, that kind of thing is just not for me. And besides I've missed, I guess, uh, I get, I've missed too many podcast episodes, but I don't know. Could, could you do something like that? Uh, there would be a lot of factors that go into it. I mean, you're in water, like you're in liquid for a long time and I'm getting to a certain age, you know, I don't know how that's going to affect my skin and I'm already starting to get the cracks and the creases. So we would have to do some talks about some, uh, employer covered Botox. (laughs) Okay. No, there's good medical. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I don't know. I don't know that I like to lose time like that. And yeah, I think you're right. Like I listen to a lot of podcasts. I watch a lot of shows. Um, I like to watch movies. I don't like missing anything. I have, I, I feel like I'm wait. I I feel like if I were in stasis for 52 days, I feel like I would wake up and be like, wait, what happened? Yeah. And it would be like when you oversleep and you miss your alarm. Like, I feel like I would constantly be in that state of like in a hurry. So I don't, yeah, I don't think I would like that. Yeah. I probably couldn't even deal with those, those pods. Like you said, just being, being in the water and then having them shut you in like that. Like I would instantly just like freak out, but you have to, I'd have to have plenty of sedatives before they even stuck me in that thing. Oh, instant panic attack. Yeah. Even before it fills up with the water. I don't, I don't. I don't even like being in a room with the door closed. No. So to put me in a pod, no, sir. No. Yeah. And then fill it <laughs> with <Yeah. laughs> and then just strap a, a hose on my face. No. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. That was uh, a deal breaker. Yeah. And then just like, yeah, you'll be fine. Just don't breathe. They don't even cover the noses. Did you notice this? Just don't breathe through your nose. You'll be fine. Yeah. They do that all the time. They did that like in uh, starship troopers um and I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering what the pods were like in star wars but yeah a lot of those movies they don't even cover their nose yeah so I, not only would i be claustrophobic but yeah i'd probably drown within like two minutes yeah nah yeah no i'm fine it reminds did you ever see the abyss oh my god yeah i've seen the abyss but it has been years i've seen that movie one time uh, when they, yeah when they learned ago. to breathe in the liquid yeah 
Yeah, no. Now that's the that's the one where they they go underwater and it turns out like that it's alien like good aliens down there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. It was a little bit too saccharine for me. Like I enjoyed the setup of that movie. Uh, As a child, I, that movie scared the shit out of me because they were breathing that liquid stuff in. Yeah. <laughs> Put that yeah, little rat I, in there. Mm-mm. I didn't like it. I, like I said, I, I was, I was on board all the way up until I found out that, uh, you know, they were just basically, you know, good aliens. I'm like, that's not what I want. I want. <laughs> yeah, no. I want them to be messing people up, but so that, I don't know. I was, I was kind of young and immature, I guess. But. Nah, that's just the born horror lover in you. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, yeah, by this point, and that's the only reason I came to Event Horizon. Like I didn't nothing about heard nothing about it, and because this this movie didn't do too well at the box office. No. So yeah, it didn't have a whole lot of uh, fanfare back then, and but at that time I was just right in my horror swing. So everything that I could get my hands on, I watched. I, I probably rented everything in Blockbuster. So. That's that's how I kind of came came across this one. I had no idea what I was in for, but it was on the shelf in the horror section. So I'm like, oh, let's get this. But you know, kind of like you were saying, uh, all these characters are 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 wonderful. They and they all seem like genuine people. Yeah. And I really have a soft spot for Chris Isaac, so I love DJ. DJ, besides, oh, did you laugh out loud when he said trauma? Oh yeah. That still makes me laugh every time I see it. Yeah, he is. Oh, he's so good in this. Everybody's so good in this movie. Yeah. But we we get this like the next thing you get is that exposition scene that you know where you have to get the audience on board with you know what's yeah. happening and and how you know wormholes and this kind of and space travel and yeah. the faster than the speed of light and how that stuff works. And so you get the like it's it's cliched now but i think i'm pretty sure that this is the movie that started all that where you know you bend the paper and you you know you put the the pencil or whatever it is through and so i i I think that this was the first film that i've ever seen that in and it's just so 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 well done the first time you see it it blows your mind oh yeah he says no the shortest distance between two points is zero and you're like oh yeah no shit you're right yeah yeah and and you have the same reaction that everybody else does that you're like oh yeah that is true yeah i absolutely love well and it's and it's sam neil and i love how he like he he steals the guy's like magazine to do it and and he's all upset about it yeah they find the you know the the event horizon they start you know doing their search around and you get the recording, right? So right now it's just the audio recording, uh, and oh, I forget what the what the translation is. It's like save. I, th- I think it's save me. At, is at what, first they think it says save me. Yeah. yeah. But regardless of what the hell that says, uh, at this point it's uh, you know this is becoming a big note for me. Um, you know if it, if space travel wasn't hard enough or whatever it is. As soon as we get that shit, I am out of there. I'm like, uh, yeah. Captain, I, I, you know what? I think, uh, why don't we just call this one a loss and uh, yeah. chalk this one up. Abort. Yeah. Abort, abort, abort. I'm done. You took me, and, and they say several times, you took us off vacation for this. Yeah. 
So I want to go back on my vacation. I want to go back to the, uh, oh God, what's her name? Shoot. My brain just went blank. She left her kid. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was my week with my kid. No, I want to go home. Like, no, I don't know. I don't care. I hear screaming and I hear somebody say, save me in a weird voice. Nope. Thank you. Good night. Nope. And why is it any time that we're dealing with the devil that it's always Latin? Yeah. It's like, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but whether, I don't know, they think that Latin is just scarier or something, but it's, it's, it's never anything else. It's, it's always, it's, it's always Latin, but you think, you know, if they're it's scary because nobody ever paid attention in Latin class. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so they they would have me regardless. Like, I, you know, if it was in Spanish, I would be in, I would be in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it was German. Yeah. Start speaking to me in German. I'm screwed. Yeah. Regardless of what language it is, it's scary as fuck. I am not dealing with this. Yeah. And yeah. do we ever like they talk? Oh, I think we do. I um, I was I was thinking about this. So they uh, they scan the ship and. They're, they're getting all kinds of, of readings where people are appearing and disappearing. Do we, we do get an answer for that later on, right? I think we I do. believe so. I believe that um, the life, when she says that they're, they're off the charts, the scans are, are off the charts, I believe that it's because of the core. That's right. They're, yep. That they're all in, all of the energy, um, I think from the, basically the souls of the the crew are in the core yeah that yeah you're right about that that that's right yeah just it just dawned on me now now yeah later on in the movie about three-fourths of the way through right we get that explanation that the the reason why that the you know the scanners weren't working properly were because yeah, the ship is manifesting these these entities yeah um but the the thing that I like about this and kind of what I was I was thinking on on this rewatch now I mean yeah it is it is kind of straightforward but I was also like kind of viewing this on you know well maybe this is all in their in their head you know and I just kind of like watched it maybe through through that lens and you know how the 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 entities weren't necessarily real but it was the ship yes was was real and had gone to hell and, and all that stuff but it was uh playing on you know different aspects of you know mental illness or or you know their fears and, and that kind of stuff and, and maybe the entities weren't you know necessarily uh necessarily physical and all that yeah. and it's funny because uh you know like like we talked about paul anderson's uh not exactly a uh, a great director uh mm -hmm. and he's <laughs> known yeah, for incredible closer. filmmaking uh, but some of the cinematography in this movie is just spectacular. It's, yeah, it is really, really good. Uh, you know, whether we're talking about those those shots on the Earth, or man, one of one of my favorite shots in this is when uh, Sam Neill goes down into the I don't know the what whatever whatever that was when he's crawling inside of the core and you get all that green lighting and the the tunnels. Oh, yeah, what a haunting scene yeah yeah amazing yeah i thought yeah some of this was just absolutely brilliant like i don't know like maybe this was a, a, a toby hooper stephen king 
you know, kind of situation where somebody was helping him out. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. It was, it was, it was really good. What I really love about this is, you know, a lot of movies that, you know, when they talk about hell and they talk about um, what you have done that would put you in hell, they always talk about your sins and they always talk about the bad things that you've done in your life um, are the things that would put you in hell. Um, what this movie explores is your own personal hell and yeah. it's your guilt. Right. Yeah. And, and that is so to me, especially having grown so much. I mean, this movie came out 25 years ago. So I've had 25 years of life experience since the first time I've seen this movie. One thing that's made it more effective are the scenes with, especially now having become a mother um, and having lost um, someone very close to me are the scenes with Cooper and his former crewmate and what, gosh, what is her name? I'll remember it as soon as we hang up. Um, her and her son. And that's your hell. That's, is uh, the guilt of not being there when you should have been there. That's Dr. Peters, right? Is it Peters? Peters? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got it. Yeah. Um, and that that is what your hell would be. And that to me is terrifying oh, to, yeah. to relive those moments, that, that one moment that you should have done it and you didn't. Yeah. And that guilt that you carry for the rest of your life. And I think at some point in every person's life, you're going to have that experience of what if. And I'm not, I'm not a, uh, religious person but at the time I, I I was you know I was really raised in a very religious uh background which I kind of broke away from uh but you know at, at the time you know we were we were still going to church and all this stuff so yeah this this movie was <laughs> like ah you know <laughs> brought all those uh all those Sunday school teachings out. okay I'll, you know what I really need to be a better person <laughs> but and another thing I don't I don't get about this, why does the core look so ominous? I mean, I, I mean it was direct or directed. It was designed by Sam Neill, who's scary as hell. But who was it that said, you know what? Uh, let's make this as just as scary as possible. Yeah, I don't know. I there are certain movies. I don't know if you ever do this, um, but there are certain movies that I'll watch, and the even if I don't like the movie itself the takeaway that I'll have from it is I wish I could go to that set and oh, walk yeah. around that set and this is one of those movies that I wish that I could just go walk around that set I wish I could see the core in person yeah that would be that would be really really neat yeah because on screen I mean it for as like, I mean, ominous is a really good word for it. I mean, it's so creepy. Yeah. That I wonder what it would be like in person. Yeah, that would be incredible. Get a selfie with the court. Uh, yeah, yeah. And like, yeah, it's just with the lights and the way that it moves and it's disorienting. 
that things line up, but then they don't. And it's, it's kind of like the old DVD screensaver. Remember? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That you were waiting for it to hit the exact corner of the screen. Oh yeah. That's kind of like the core that, but it's not the same because when the DVD <laughs> screensaver would hit the corner, you were like, yes. But when the core exactly lines up, you're like, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. What's going to happen next? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you find out with Justin. Right. And I was going to, I was just about to get into that because if this, the next thing is Justin and the, like the core lines up and it liquefies and then he just has to stick his hand in it. Why, why did, why do horror characters? Okay. Okay. Maybe we couldn't have a movie if they didn't. I don't know. I'm sure you can get around that. But why do these characters always stick their hand in some kind of goo or something that they should not be putting their hand in? No, nope. If I see a big old ball of black liquid hovering in the middle of a room, that's my nope moment. Nope. Bye. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah that no. Is... I don't need to see what it feels like. I don't need to know what it looks like. That looks like black. Uh, no, mm -mm. I don't do big black orb hovering in the middle of the room. Exactly. I'm done. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a bad idea for any of those out there. Stop following meteors. No. You know, stop no. investigating noises and don't put your hand in something that you don't know what it is. Yeah. It's it's just never going to end up good for you. <laughs> yeah. If a disembodied voice says "get out," get the fuck out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. What? Regardless of if it's benign or not, it's not going to be a good thing. It's not going to be a good thing for you to put your hand in there. I mean. You know, best case scenario, you're putting your hand in some kind of machinery. So just stop it. Yeah. 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 If your garbage disposal starts making a noise, you don't put your hand in that. No. Nope. And you know what that is. You don't know what this big black oozy orb thing is. Don't touch it. Stop it. You messed up. Well, I want to talk about uh, the, the like the next scene. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it about okay. like the gravity scene whenever they, they, they turn on their that and I mean I was kind of you know doing a little bit of research on this and I don't you know they didn't go into how that was that that was done but it is so phenomenal when you get you know the water hitting the, the floor and everybody falling down and all that stuff I mean I'm sure you could do that in reverse but I, just talk us through that what your thoughts were on on that because that just blew me away like to the point where it it kind of took me out of the film, not, not in a bad way, not like it took me out of the film uh, in a bad way, but to where like I just kind of sat back and just appreciated. I was like, wow, this is really, really well done. It was. It was such a well done scene when they go in and because you can watch the process happen. You know, they show it that they walk in and everything is floating and you see um, droplets. Yeah of coolant and different liquids and you see tools and you see uh, bits of paper and, and, you know, equipment and all of these things and everything's floating because of course you're in the middle of space, there's no gravity. And, you know, these, these are ships and they're made for people to live on. So they're sophisticated enough that when you have everything turned on, of course, they're going to make gravity. And so they go in there and they find the switches and they turn the gravity on and everything. And then they cut from room to room to room. 
and it just shows everything falling in the gravity drive when all of that coolant or whatever that liquid is, I think it is coolant. Yeah. Just splashes down to the floor. And all of those tools and everything in the bridge just go smash down on the ground or on the floor. And it's just this giant cacophony of, it goes from deep space vacuum of nothing to the ship is alive. You just brought the ship back to life and now you have to deal with it. And you don't know that until the end. But what the crew is about to go through is what they started. They started it because they all kind of had that feeling that they should have aborted and they weren't okay with it. And they knew, and you know, they always say, trust your gut. They all had that feeling in their gut. Don't do it. And nobody wanted to go on that ship. Remember, everybody was kind of like, no, nah, I kind of want to stay behind on the Lewis and Clark. And they're like, and, you know, Clark is going, no, we're going. Right. Or Captain Miller's like, no, we're going. We're, let's go. Yeah. And so they go and they turn on the gravity and everything just like, bam. And oh, my God, when the body parts. Oh, when it shatters. Yeah. Because they're in deep freeze. Yeah. So all of these body parts and these bodies are floating in midair and and so you think you know i mean if if you were holding up a god this is a morbid thing to say geez um you're holding up someone's arm and you dropped it on the ground there would just be an arm on the ground but not in deep space there is no temperature there is no you know you're frozen and you're not just frozen like somebody puts you in your garage freezer i mean this is real freeze so when all of that comes crashing down, this is, this is flesh and bone and muscle and it just, and blood. Don't forget that there's blood inside of these limbs and bodies and it just comes down and it just shatters. And I think about it now because I've seen it so many times. Can you imagine what that place smelled like after they turned the gravity on? Oh yeah. I mean, ew. Yeah, that would have been terrible. Ew. Especially because they had to warm it up for them to be there. And then they start, uh, so they start all seeing, you know, different visions or or different things and relating to each, each one of them. And this is, so, you know, to be real, one of my greatest fears is kind of losing my faculties, you know, not being able to trust my mind. And so that, that's kind of why I was, I was looking at it. And that's why this movie still gets me uh, to this day. And because every time that I watch this, I cannot help but, but think about that. And it's just so, it is so effective. And then um, right after that, you know, you, you, Justin gets sucked into the thing and, he, you know, they, they get him and uh, I love, they bring him back to the, uh, medical, medical bay and, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's trying to, to get away and, you know, you get that one of the best scenes in the movie, probably, this is probably my favorite scene and, you know, where he's in the airlock and, you know, he just stops in his deadpan and they're trying to get him out of there, trying to talk him down. And he's like, 
you know, if you've seen the things that I've seen. And I mean, I'm like just talking about it right now. I'm I'm getting goosebumps. And you can talk about this scene, yeah. but also tell me what your what your favorite scene in the movie is. My favorite scene in the entire movie. Oh God, I love this movie so much. What is my favorite scene in the whole movie? Um, I do love the airlock scene. Um, I do love when Dr. Weir goes down to check the fuses and Captain Miller sees his former crewmate for the first time um, burning. Um, but I would have to say, I think, I think I would agree with you. I think that my favorite scene probably is when Justin's in the airlock because that's when you see not only how bonded the entire crew is, but also that's when you see that Dr. Weir has lost his shit. Yeah. And so you have that, that paradox, you know, that they're like, this is the moment that we need to figure our shit out. And Dr. Weir's like, oh, this is the moment that I'm going to get them. And, you know, Peters is the mom of the crew. You kind of see that in the beginning and throughout but you really see it in that moment um, between her and Justin. And when he wakes up and realizes what's going on, I get a little lump in my throat just talking about it. That like, I've seen this movie so many times and obviously after the first time you see it, you know that he lives, but that feeling of like, oh God, he's gonna die. like. That suspense, that is one of the most suspenseful scenes that I think I've ever seen. Yeah. That really, truly, physically had me sitting up straight on the edge of my seat. Like, what's going to happen? And Captain Miller is just trying to go as fast as he possibly can to get back there, to get him back into the ship. And he's giving Justin the instructions and Justin is panicking and you just want Justin to listen. And then he puts his hands over his eyes and his eyes start bleeding and he's shaking his head and the blood is flying and everybody's inside and like nobody can help him because if you try to help him, you're in the same situation. Right. So you're not helping anybody. And it is, I mean, that is, that is a very, that is genius to me that is genius horror filmmaking right there it is it is absolutely incredible i mean like you're talking about like that that scene is just so tension filled uh the, and the effects are brilliant yeah uh, in in that and yeah you don't know whether he's going to make it and i also love how and i don't know how correct the science is but i know it's it's uh it's it's actually pretty good where you know what the the bite or the you know what he's what he's walking him through you know curl into a ball and you know and close your eyes and all all, all these 
you know, all the things that he's doing to try to keep him alive, uh, I think are actually pretty, pretty accurate to what, yeah. you know, to what you're supposed, I don't know, I've never been to space, but uh, <laughs> from what I've heard other people say, <laughs> I think that's I did kind of see the, something on, I think it was, was it Mythbusters or something that you don't, you don't implode. But something you you will die within 30 seconds or yeah. something like that or 60 seconds or something like that like you are gonna die but i can't remember it's not it's not exactly how they portrayed an event horizon but i mean who cares i don't want to find out how you actually do no either way it's not gonna be very much fun. <laughs> yeah. either way i don't want to get trapped in outer space no and that's uh that's another reason to stay stay off these kind of missions but yeah uh that would just be oh my goodness i could not think of many ways to go that it would be I don't know, scarier and more painful than that. That's just, that was, that just looked awful. And everybody starts to lose their stuff. Yeah, Sam Neill is, is going crazy. And then we get the, the reveal from DJ about how he didn't interpret the message correctly. And it's actually not save me, but it's save yourself. From it's, hell. Yeah, it's a, it's a warning. And <sighs> It's just the, the like the tension just continues and continues to build in this movie. And it's perfect. Like the uh, the uh, pacing in this in this movie is is fantastic. This movie is relentless. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, just really so well done. And there's 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 not a dull moment. And I love no. there. There's so many things that are, are just so good in this when Sam Neil backs into the darkness and you know it went once once he starts to lose it and he starts you can't leave she won't let you yeah it's just oh my goodness it's so it's so incredible and I don't want to give away too many spoilers for anybody uh that hasn't seen this but I I, I told you we were going to get to it and I'll let you have uh first crack on the blood orgy scene the most famous scene in this uh, movie. What 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 did you think about this today? And I mean, what did you think about it when you when you first saw it? Um, the first time I saw it, I was confused. Um, I watched it on my twenty inch TV. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you probably didn't so, get a whole lot from that. I didn't get a whole lot from it. Um, I I saw a lot of blurs and I heard a lot of screaming and I saw a lot of blood. So, um, for years, it was just. It was one of those, it was unknown that made it scarier. Yeah. Because I didn't know. And I didn't know that you could know if you had a bigger screen. Um, so later on, uh, when I had a bigger screen and I was watching it on DVD, um, the blood orgy scene was just... God, what was that coming out of his mouth? Was that an arm? It was, you know what? I, I thought it was a spike, but I could be a I spike could be wrong. Or, and it just keeps coming and coming. And, I mean, oh God. And I know uh, somebody was eating an arm. Eating an arm. Yeah. And that's and and then there's something that's like coming out of the arm. And they're all like just covered in blood. I do think that it's just, it's so funny to me. Um that one of the one of the things that you can see in the background of this movie in a depiction of hell 
is you can tell that this movie is written and directed by men that it's just a man getting bent over yeah <laughs> just getting railed that is a man's idea of hell <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's just you guys <laughs> <laughs> that just i noticed that today not for the first time but when i saw it today when i was watching it it was just like you guys <laughs> and so that was yeah but that it, it the whole scene it's just it's so chaotic that you have to watch this movie and even if you don't watch the entire movie you have to watch that scene several times to get the full idea of what's happening right because and obviously they did that on purpose um that there's there's just there's so much happening and there's so much going on that you can't tell who's who what's what what's happening to whom and who's doing what to whom and and where it's coming from but um it's just it's it's graphic and it's disturbing and it looks painful which i can see i guess that's where the comparisons to hellraiser come from yeah um however in hellraiser they were kind of getting off on the pain i don't think anybody in this movie was getting off on that pain no i don't i don't i don't think so it didn't look yeah. like they were having a good time yeah nobody looked like they were having fun with that one um and then at the end of the clip was the ship's captain holding his eyeballs in his hands mm -hmm. and he was saying um he was saying the phrase in latin save yourselves from hell but he was smiling when he said it which made it a little bit more disturbing yeah that it was it was less of a plea and more of a taunt it was less of um you have to save yourself, you know, because you hear it, save yourself from hell. And you think like, oh, sh shit, you guys need to do something. You need to save yourselves. But then you see the video of him smiling and holding his eyeballs out to you. And he's saying, save yourself from hell. And it's more like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Save yourself. Because you're not gonna. Yeah. You know, that's scary. Yeah. It was There's nothing you can do. This is it. You're here. You're coming. It was, uh, oh my goodness. It's, it, it was so messed up. And that's funny. I never, I never really thought about that. But yeah. So men's idea of hell getting bent over or, <laughs> or having to watch, I don't know, something like the fault in our stars on repeat. One of those. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this scene, man. Oh, it, uh, yeah, it, it got me. This was then this when I talked about having a pause, I get this was the scene that I had to take a break from and like, OK, resettle, reset. And uh, we can we can finish this movie. But a funny story about that. When I was, I don't know, about 22 or 23, I had a pretty good horror collection and this was in it. And I was uh, by myself and I had two roommates and I was watching this film and I don't I don't remember on the weekend or something 
they'd gone out. And so I was, I was watching this movie and they, neither one of them liked horror at all. I mean, they were one of the, you know, the, the people are just like, ah, you know, horrors beneath me and, and that kind of stuff. Um, but I was, I was watching this and they happened to come in during that scene. And <laughs> it always seems to be that that's always what happens. You're watching some cra crazy movie and somebody always walks in when it's uh, some ridiculous parts on. So they come in the door and that, that scene's playing it. They're like, walk in two seconds and here it is. And my roommate turns to me and was like, what the fuck are you watching? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you guys should probably just go to the room. <laughs> yeah, I don't have time to explain this to you right now. Just leave the room. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. We only have about 10 or 15 minutes left. This movie, so. We could put on a romantic comedy afterward or something. One of the best lines, um, best written and best acted, um, one of my favorite of all time is after he watches that, Lawrence Fishburne, we're leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Just absolutely. We're done. I'm done. I'm out. We're done. I love the way that he says it. I love the way that he stands up and he starts walking away. We're leaving. I'm not doing this. Because that is the reaction that any single person would ever have. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just, no, I'm not, no. Yeah, abort. Done. Yeah, we're going to implement a little bit of common sense and just uh, GTFO right now. Yeah. So I don't want to get into, like I said, I don't want to get into too many spoilers. But yeah. let's talk about the ending a little bit. What you, what you thought about the ending, because... This is one of those one of those movies. At least before you get that Ooh. final shot, Ooh. but a challenge. A spoiler yeah, free. I will do the spoiler free. I will do a spoiler free opinion. But I love Event Horizon. Okay, <laughs> we're gonna try. Okay, let's get. But it this our is best one shot. of those movies when I was just like, oh fuck yeah, you know. Uh, so right. I was I was cheering out loud when this happened. So so try yeah. And, right. and, I mean, if you uh, get into spoilers, uh, spoiler free coop is the man yeah um captain miller lawrence fishburne we already knew is the coolest person who ever walked the earth and absolutely i mean he did the damn thing um sam neil he took the crazy to level 30 and i mean it was just jolie richardson i mean she didn't she didn't get enough love for this movie she was good she and really she was. was understated you know yeah. she she really 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 played well the straight lady that she was like you know every movie with a main girl she's either going to be bitchy and take charge and i'm gonna be the bad bitch and you know or she's going to be the whiny and the clingy and the whatever. And she was very level-headed and, and constantly working out what her next step is. She did that so well. And that shows at the end of the film that, no spoiler, um, 
I mean, save yourself from hell. No spoiler. <laughs> yeah, try to make it out alive. Yeah. Or yeah. at least with your uh, with your soul intact. Yeah, and also, um, no spoiler, uh, one of the greatest jump scares I've ever seen is one of the final scenes. If not the final scene. Yeah, I like it. I, I love yeah, the final shot of this film. Yes. Because I'm kind of a sucker for uh, you know, nihilistic endings anyway. Yeah. So I I yeah, I love the way that this uh, that this leaves you is like, oh man, are we safe? Yeah, I I absolutely adored the the final shot of this of this film when that that hatches is, is closing on the rescue team. It's just oh it's just brilliant. Oh, it's just it's so good. You know, and I know that. I know that when you have a podcast, you're supposed to say that your own podcast is your favorite. Um, oh, mine's definitely my, not my favorite, but <laughs> yeah, no, my, my favorite podcast in the whole wide world, um, horror movie talk. Um, hello. Hello, Bryce and David. I love you guys. Um, they hated this movie. Oh my goodness. Hated it. And I um, rarely disagree with them, but when I listened to their review of this movie, the whole time I was thinking like, did you watch the same movie that I watched? Yeah. And someday I would like to sit down and have a conversation with them and tell them like, no, I don't think that you guys, no, you, no, no, let me explain to you. <laughs> like, This movie was genius. It is, but I always love having those discussions anyway, when, you know, somebody, you love a movie and somebody else doesn't doesn't quite love it. I I, I love that interaction and, and that discussion. That 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 definitely makes things fun. Controversy is always fun. Yeah. No. I love I love a good debate, and I love even if even if you don't get them to come to your side, getting your point across and at least knowing, like the satisfaction of knowing that they saw your side of the argument. Yeah, is good enough for me. And I, I, I have a hard time with anybody who doesn't enjoy this movie. My husband is not a horror movie fan. Um, even he likes this movie. Oh, that's awesome. That, that's, yeah. That is saying something. Yeah, I, it's just a good movie. It is. It, it, it's just, it's, it's a good science fiction movie. It's an excellent horror movie. I mean the hits just keep on coming with this movie. It's just a great movie. Well, with that being said, so on a scale of one to five, and you can do half scores, half scores are allowed. And it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, the technical grades, just basically how, how much you enjoyed the movie. On a scale of one to five, spaceships to hell, what are you giving this movie? Based strictly on enjoyment? Yep. Four and a half. I, I am I'm I'm right there with you. That's exactly the grade that I was I was going to give there. Now there are things that I like better, but there is not a whole lot more that that yeah. I like better than this movie. And it it is action packed from beginning to end. It has scares. It has wonderful acting, just like we said. So on a scale of one to five, for me, it is definitely a four, four and a half. Yeah, and it's pushing five. But yeah, I, there like I said, there are just a couple of things that. Uh, that I, I like a little bit more. So I'll have to give it a four and a half. So awesome. Awesome. So we are in agreement. We'll see if that continues. 
because now <laughs> we're going to get into phantoms. Now, the reason, like I said, that I picked this movie is I, I absolutely love it. It hits the nostalgia button for me, and it feels Lovecraftian with the ancient evil who claims to be a god and all that. Yeah. It has elements of the yeah. unknowable horror, though it goes out of its way to destroy that with one very dodgy effect at the end. And we'll get we'll get to that. This movie certainly is a product of the 90s. And controversial question, do you like 90s horror? I have to be honest, I am not a huge 90s horror fan with with several exceptions that are glaring exceptions um i'm not i'm not the biggest 90s horror fan i skipped from 80s to recents i'm not a big 90s i'm not a big aughts fan i there was a dark time in horror yeah and i love i love the aughts there, there there's some stuff in there that man i well and i'm a big asian horror fan so that was right in uh you know the golden age of oh. of Asian horror. So well, yeah. Now, now, if we go international, yes, I I do love, I do love an Asian horror film, and you're right. That was the golden age for them. I mean, you couldn't find a bad Asian horror film in the aughts. But um, yeah, no, I nineties loved Scream. I never understood the hype around. I know what you did last summer. Although I fucking hate Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Gellar. And Ryan Philippi and Freddie Prince Jr. So I guess that <laughs> takes him out of the running for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, it, it just, uh, yeah, never really a huge fan. It, it, Rose McGowan kept showing up everywhere, even though she couldn't act her way out of a paper bag. She had big eyes and big boobs. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, which I'm not mad at anybody with big eyes and big boobs. Hey, girl. Um, but yeah, it just, yeah, I was not, no, it was convoluted. There was too much, no. Yeah, so yes, I guess after a minute and a half, yes, to answer your question, no, I was not a huge 90s horror fan. And neither or not, that, like you said, there are, there are exceptions in it, but the 90s are definitely my least favorite decade even though that's kind of when i was when i was growing up but yeah i had to turn to international stuff for the most part to find actually you know the the best of horror in in the 90s but uh this one though i i don't know what it is i i could not tell you uh what it is about this movie that just makes it so much fun for me but every time i put this on i just have a blast uh like you kind of touched on the acting is not, it's not great. Uh, but in parts, this really does manage to be kind of creepy uh, and a little bit as atmospheric, especially like when you don't know what's going on. And yeah. this is based on a Dean Koontz novel, uh, Phantoms. Uh, did, have you read that one? I did. I did. It was years and years ago. I don't remember it in detail, but I do remember. I, I it was one of my favorites. I loved Phantoms. Yeah, Phantoms is oh, it's so good. It's probably his his best book. Uh, yeah, you know, critically and you know, objectively, it's it's probably his his best work. You know, that in the Odd Place was it? The Odd Place? Uh, are you talking about Odd? odd the Bad Tom? Place. The Bad Place. Bad Place. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. And Odd Thomas. Odd Thomas was my favorite series that I've ever read in my entire life by any author. It's so good. Yeah. I, I love that character. But uh, did you read? Did you? Uh -huh. So you read the book probably before you saw this movie. Yes. I didn't know that this movie existed until I um, talked to you. Oh, OK. Yeah. So this will be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So if you yeah, if you read the book and then and, because I saw the movie. Uh, and then sought out the book. I, even though I read Dean Koontz a lot, I just never had gotten to this one. Uh, yeah. But I, I saw this movie before I read the book. And so maybe that's why I, I like it so much. But yeah, I like, like you said, this, we okay. all just have movies that are not that great that we just love. Everybody oh, yeah. has one or two movies that it, we know that it's not a good movie, but we just love it. Yeah. And I do, I love some of the actors in here. Liv, uh, Liv Schreiber. I hope I'm saying that at least uh, close to correct, but I love him as an actor. And he is just, even like when he's being skeezy in this movie. He's such a good creep. He is. Oh, he's so, he is so good. He's uh, so slimy and I yeah. love it. Yeah. I, yeah. His just little, his little ticks and quirks and stuff like that. I just, uh, just, it just gets me. I'm, I'm, I love it. And I don't know. I never felt like, any of the relationships though in this in this movie worked uh even though i i like it like i <laughs> i didn't buy the 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 sister relationship they weren't that no. and then no. um when they were trying to set up the i don't know kind of ham fist in the romance because there was a romance in the book between the sheriff and the doctor but it was fleshed out a lot better and it is in here and they just kind of spring it on you so i didn't really buy that one no as well not a bit because in, in the movie it almost seems like they're of course it's a small town so they know of each other but they're formally meeting for the first time in the movie yeah when everything starts going down and they find each other it's like oh hey oh you're the doctor oh yeah you're the sheriff oh okay cool good to meet you now we're in love yeah <laughs> yeah well, that's what happens with attractive people in movies. Yeah, yeah, that exactly. So we're just supposed to be like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, you guys are main characters, so uh, there has to be something there. You can't so just you know, you can't respect each other as as individuals and as professionals. You have to there there has to be something. Yeah, and Rose McGowan is just like, that's fine. I'll be snarky. Yeah, yeah. But, and she can operate a shotgun for some reason. You, you, Ellie's good for something. <laughs> it's good for something. Apparently, they have <laughs> lots of people with shotguns in LA. I'm not sure that that's accurate. Yeah. Which, can we get a little backstory, Rose McGowan? What are you doing in LA, girl? What neighborhood are you in? Right. Yeah, we get no, I mean, she's visiting her sister, trying to get away from something. But we never get that. Yeah, we never get any backstory. Apparently, the Latin Kings? What are you doing, girl? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. That you learned how to operate a shotgun like what yeah yeah are you going to show us how to saw it too i don't know what's happening but yeah she i would think that if she knows when she says la is good for something it's like that's how you learned how to shoot a shotgun i would think if you were coming to visit your sister from like i don't know montana right that would have made much more sense yeah yeah yeah, I, I I doubt you're seeing a buck walk down the street in, <laughs> in on Sunset Boulevard that you yes. would know to load a shotgun. But I digress. Yeah, so apparently she was just a hard ass in LA. Or yeah, something. yeah, 
She's getting her teardrop tattoo next week. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it makes it just makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. But I'm I'm overlooking that. Uh, and we start right out. But the this is what I can't overlook. So first thing, they come in and uh, Jennifer and Lisa, and they discover the dead housekeeper. And it's crazy because Jennifer, who is a doctor, just without gloves, begins to touch this dead person uh, that they don't know how they died. And they're, they're thinking it may be a disease. And this just doesn't seem like something a doctor would do. I mean, I, again, I, I haven't been to space and I'm not a doctor, but that, that just seems a bit off, don't you think? Well, whether or not you're a doctor, I feel like if you walked into a room and a dead body looked like that, um, I've, I've seen dead bodies, um, fresh, not that have been sitting out for a bit. So I don't know what a body looks like when it's been sitting out. Um, it, it didn't look good. I wouldn't touch it. No. And we all know what happens to the body after it dies. Like, ew. Yeah. Hey, doc. And, and it's the doctor's house. It's her housekeeper. You don't have gloves. Like somewhere. Easily accessible that you can just like grab a pair. Yeah. I thought that was weird. Yeah. Just a, I don't know, just, just a bit off. And yeah, that just doesn't make a whole lot of, a lot of sense to begin handling dead yeah. bodies yeah regardless of, of how they may have passed <laughs> yeah i yeah. mean if anything i mean yeah you're yeah i mean you could tell she's dead you're not you're not reviving this person there's no reason to in, inspect them and if you know if it was some kind of foul play like they kind of suspect then you're messing with evidence and yeah you're just putting fingerprints all over a dead body exactly do yeah so they go out to the the car and it's dead and there's a reason for that. They, it's not just, thank, thank goodness, it's not just a dead car because we're in a horror movie. There, there is some explanation for that where this entity is shutting down everything or messing with stuff or breaking cars and, and that kind of yeah. thing. But it does raise the question because we never get like how remote this place is. I know it's a small town in Colorado, but why when they start discovering all these dead bodies that begin to pile up, why don't they don't just walk out of there because, yeah. Yeah. As soon as I found, you know, I go in there, I found my dead housekeeper and then I find, uh, you know, a dead sheriff's deputy. Okay. You know, granted, yes, we don't have a car, but you know what? I, even though I'm not in tremendous shape, I, I think I can, uh, I can hike it a little bit to the main road and, and try to find some help or something. I mean, what do they say? Two feet in a heartbeat. Yeah. You know, I, it, you know, that Rose McGowan had uh, a signal before the tunnel. Get your ass back to that tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Like, go out there and make some, make some phone calls, have somebody pick you up. I mean, something like it. Yeah. yeah. No, nowhere in the Hippocratic Oath does it say <laughs> you have to stay in the abandoned town with no noise and no people until you figure out why your housekeeper died. Right. Because yeah. at this point, yeah, at this point in the movie, we have no idea what's going on. And they have no idea what's, what, what, what's happening. So yeah. there, there is no reason for them to, to hang around until they beat the sheriff again. And they, they, they meet the, the sheriff and, and his deputies, you know, played by Ben Affleck and uh, Nikki Cat and Lee, Lee Schreiber. 
but baby Ben yeah by the way oh yeah he's so so young in in this oh this my god he looks like a teenager he does and he's supposed to be playing this like old grizzled sheriff I mean well that's who the character was you know yeah but, I mean you really don't get a sense of that in, in this movie but yeah like when were you in the FBI when you were in eighth grade like... <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah he's like he's like 20 and, and he already has this and that's something else so uh in this in this in this movie yeah, he was a former FBI agent, and we we get later on that the reason he's no longer in the FBI is because he accidentally killed this this kid. But again, it's it's just so terribly terribly fleshed out, and I'm shitting all over this movie <laughs> <laughs> that you love. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I I again I I don't know what it is, but uh, this this thing uh, just just speaks to me but yeah like like you said he's i don't know in his in his early 20s he's already been in the fbi he has this terrible backstory that that doesn't work although they try to to play it off off later and i don't know i i did not did not buy his traumatic you know experience in the in the past or or anything like that well what how would you rate the performances in this movie <laughs> talk to us about those. <laughs> do you really want to know <laughs> Um, Leif Schreiber, when he is playing a slimy little greasy little weirdo, he always gets a high rating from me. He's so oh, yeah. good at it. Um, Ben Affleck, his performance in this movie, you know, Ben Affleck is one of those actors. I don't want to go off on a tangent here. Um, when he when he is well directed ben affleck is a good actor oh, yeah. he needs somebody to tell him what to do which is crazy because ben affleck is an amazing director mm -hmm. so he's really good at telling other people what to do he's not good at figuring out what to do on his own um rose mcgowan can't i've said it before i'll say it again rose mcgowan you got those boobs girl good for you um joanna going um she's very good at doe-eyed i'll give her that um this movie was this was this movie made for tv no this was uh this was a theatrical release it had a limited theatrical release yeah okay this movie plays like a made-for-tv movie it does it, it, it does it feels really generic at times yeah um, and, and the acting are... in it is very made for tv yeah. it's very early sci-fi channel um made for tv-esque as far as the acting goes so if i'm gonna rate the acting in this movie i can't go high um a little factoid a little piece of trivia joanna going uh, who played the doctor um i don't know if you remember this i think we're around the same age from what we were talking about when yeah. we were discussing event horizon do you remember when they did a reboot of dark shadows um i remember i, I haven't seen it but i i do remember them. i loved that show it played friday nights on abc at nine o'clock and i remember this because we watched it as a family 
And then at 10 o'clock when 2020 came on, as soon as I heard Barbara Walters, I would fall right to sleep. Um, well, that would put anybody to sleep. But yeah. yeah, seriously. Yeah. <laughs> but um, she played Josette on the Dark Shadows reboot. And I loved, loved the Dark. I loved the original Dark Shadows, but I loved the Dark Shadows reboot. And it was only on for a season. That was the first show in my life that it was like, oh, they're taking it off the air, you know, like that got canceled that I was affected by it, you know? Yeah. And um, so that was, that was a major, bl- so when I saw her in the opening scene, I was like, oh, that's Josette. And I was really excited to see her, but her, she acted the same in this movie as she yeah. did on Dark Shadows. So she doesn't have much range. No. Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to shit all over phantoms. So no, you you can go you can go right ahead. That's that's fine. I, I hurt my <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, I'll give a little disclaimer. One of my favorite movies of all time, Showgirls. Oh my god! That uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So listen, while I'm shitting all over phantoms, you just think about I will watch Showgirls over and over and over you could put me in a room for 48 hours with no food no water no liquor and I will watch showgirls for 48 hours straight I love that movie I don't know why it's just so bad oh it's, it's terrible so bad and I love it and I think I think phantoms is your showgirls yeah well I um, mean young teenage me I mean enjoyed showgirls quite a bit but... <laughs> there were very many breasts in showgirls yeah. But um, the, the, yeah, the acting in this movie was just, it, it, I don't blame the actors. There was no direction in this movie. No. It was so all over the place. And I'm not enough of a film buff to know that kind of stuff. I don't know nuances and things like that. I don't pay att- enough attention. I watch a lot of movies, but I'm a horror fan. So I don't pay attention to all of that. But um. I can definitely tell in this movie. I feel like the director showed up drunk and was just like, hey, pretend. And they were like, okay. And they did. <laughs> it's like, it's like, yeah, I'm drunk and, and everybody who watches this movie is going to be as well. So uh... <laughs> maybe that was my mistake. I watched it sober. Maybe I'll rewatch it after a couple cocktails and see my opinion changes um but yeah I mean I loved the book but the book was also like I mean the book was thick it was it was it it, I mean it was really really it was one of the thickest books I think I've ever read it was like 600 pages if I remember correctly it was a thick book but it was engaging oh yeah you can't fit a thick book like that no and that's especially in Kuhn's novel right so that's that's something that occurred to me and I actually had that in my notes was how amazing that book or this story could have been told in like that I mean nowadays in like a a Netflix you know a Netflix series like Mike Flanagan which I mean he does a lot of Stephen King stuff so I mean yeah I don't know what his contractual obligations are whether he would do a novel or you know if there would be an audience for that but the story in the book is fantastic and 
yeah, if you had if you had a, a mini series, I think that that would have been phenomenal. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is just so condensed. As far as the movie and miniseries treatment, um, I think Stephen King, don't get me wrong, don't come at me, Stephen King fans. I'm also a Stephen King fan. I love him. Um, he's a friend in my head. I think that he and I would have a blast together. And I love all of his books that I've read, except for Insomnia. I hated that book. Um, I do love Stephen King. I love the Stephen King adaptations. There are very few Stephen King adapted films that I don't like. Um, he got more than he deserved though. Dean Koontz wrote so many books that it, especially as far as the made for TV movies went, Dean Koontz should have gotten them too. Yeah. Well, and I mean, he, he, he has them, them, but they're all shit. They're such bullshit. They're such garbage. And he should have gotten the budget. He should have gotten the attention. He should have gotten the writing. He should have gotten the attention. I think, I think the problem that Dean Koontz ran into is that Dean Koontz is a really great novel writer. He mm -hmm. can't write a screenplay. Yeah, that's probably it. Well, there is, there is one good uh, Dean Koontz adaptation that's high tension. <laughs> I never watched. Uh, it's, it's not, it's a, it, so that's that's a that's a terrible joke. But uh, so high tension is you know one of the French extremity movies. Well, I've and seen that. So it's yeah, it's a complete ripoff of. It has nothing to do with Dean Koontz, um, but it basically rips off like half the novel of Intensity. Like if you read Intensity and then watch High Tension, like the first hour of that movie is exactly his book. Really. And yeah, and the only thing different is the twist, but uh, and so the twist and then the the ending is different. But the first hour of that movie is basically a shot for shot of intensity of intensity. Yeah, I have to reread intensity. And there's all kinds of uh, there, you know, there's all kinds of articles and stuff like that. I mean, Dean Koontz knew about it, chose not to sue him for plagiarism or copyright infringement. But it it is, and it's funny because. I, I like high, high tension or switchblade romance, however you know that for my foreign listeners. Yeah. I, I, I do enjoy that that movie now. But the first time I watched it, and, I, and you know, I, I I do like Dean Koontz. So when I when I first watched that movie, I'm like, what the hell is going on? And like it really it pissed me off. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, this is uh this is just a ripoff of a book I've already read. And yeah, it has nothing to do with it, but it it is, it's uh it is a Dean Koontz book that's just you know, a little more graphic. I never picked up on it because when I watched High Tension, I just felt really bad that she, am I remembering correctly? She wanted to bang her friend and she died. Yeah. That was sad. Isn't that, that's terrible. That was my, that was, that was my takeaway. High Tension, this poor girl. She wanted to have sex with her friend. She could and have tried. Just, they yeah. were in a romantic cabin, but her friend died. It just wasn't happening. Nope. Yeah, um, I think yeah, Dean Koontz. I I I read so many. I read so many Dean Koontz books, but I came up during the age of Columbia House that I read them so quickly because I just we had that subscription in my house that we had to get so many books a month that I was just constantly reading, 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 reading. Yeah, 
that a lot of his books I don't remember very well, but I think that Dean Koontz could retire and his great, great, great grandchildren could retire if they made an Odd Thomas TV series. Oh, yeah. Odd Thomas is the most likable character in books, TV, movies, fucking magazines, podcasts, radio, song, whatever, whatever that I've ever experienced in my life. Hey, he's such a sweet character. I love that. Long live Odd Thomas. All right, back back to back to Phantoms. We have to talk about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and we're getting into what I think is some good stuff. So the, the whole setup of this movie is shit, I'll admit it. Um, but what I really do enjoy is the hotel scene. I yeah. I really dug that. The cat and mouse game that uh, this this entity is playing or this uh, this creature is is playing with them when they're they're investigating the, the hotel and the reason to get them there is it, at the end is terrible but um once once they're there and then it like deposits all of the uh undigested stuff on the bed but i mean you don't know that yet yeah. um and you know they're going from floor to floor and then the song is playing and uh it i thought that they did this was probably the best scene in the movie before you get the reveal and before you find out what's what's happening but i thought this this scene was really well done what about you the suspense was absolutely delicious i mean um, they did a really good job with the tension and the dread in this scene yeah that especially when you got to um uh the song as i fall to pieces by patsy klein um, when you get to the source of the song and it's just like, oh, you know, like you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're thinking that you're going to, the, you, you think that you know, like when you find out where the song is coming from, you think you're going to find something else out and you don't really. Nope. And that, that break, you get that little bit of a break. And you get to see a little bit more of Liev Schreiber just being like, ew. Yeah. Weirdo. What are you yeah, doing? Starts feeling up the corpse. Yeah. Creep. What is wrong with you? My question for you is after after only one watch, I only watched this once. Um, is Liev Schreiber already uh, possessed or whatever from the beginning? So he's he's narrow he's he's not possessed or he's, is he just a creepy weirdo he is he's a terrible human being so and we keep talking about book versus movie and again you get a lot more of the backstory into the characters and you know their relationships with each other and their you know their development so Stu in the book is a garbage human being and so yeah, he's a disgusting pig yeah yeah okay and and so and again, you know, I guess, you know, to make this a little bit more palatable to audiences in the, in the book, uh, the sister who's played by uh, Rose McGowan is, is younger. She's like 12 or 13 and Stu is hitting on her. So, yeah. it, you know, it's just, he, he's just a, a horrible, horrible person. And so, you know, I mean, he's not as hateable in this, even though he is, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's terrible. And so, you know in the book you're waiting for him to get his yeah yeah but the oh man i i, I do love that though. every time he's, you want to see something yeah yeah 
that was just, good. Yeah, he is so, so just unhinged and creepy. I love like his little, his, his gum smacking. Like he's just so intense. Like his glasses. He's having so much fun in this movie. He's like the only person having fun in this movie, just being ridiculous and crazy and, and, and creepy. Everybody else in this movie, I feel like you can tell that as soon as they yell cut, they roll their eyes and sigh and walk away. But Liev Schreiber is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, he just, he play and he plays such a good creep. He does. But he, he also, he's so good at it because he, he's such a good creep, but at the same time, I kind of want to meet him. Yeah. But he's a really nice guy. Oh, uh, he's, he's incredible. And it's, yeah. I mean, and you kind of, so, you know, like you were saying, I mean, you're waiting for Stu to die in the book and you're waiting for Stu to die in the movie. So this is not going to be a spoiler, but Stu dies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, there's no, no need to foreshadow. I mean, and I won't get into too many spoilers if somebody wants to watch this, but Yes. After they go to the police, if I had station, to watch this. You have to watch this, guys. So yeah, you have it. to see this movie at least once. At least once. Then you can come and you can come at me and all that. You know, tell me how how terrible my tastes are. But uh, we get they go to the police station and there's something outside the window and they just unload like fifty or sixty rounds like out into the night. And then Stu gets fucking off by Mafra. Uh, <laughs> oh, which, by the way. Who in their life has never freaked the fuck out when a fucking moth comes towards you? Yeah. It's just a moth. But if that bitch comes towards your hair, especially if you're a girl, I mean, it might as well be Satan himself trying to get himself in your ear. I mean, you are going to flip out. That is effective. It is. A moth on your face. Ugh. Yeah, it's a good scene. It is a good scene. And I love the setup in it. It's so cheesy. It's so, it's so <laughs> cheesy. But he's standing by the window and you know it's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And he's yeah. like talking about how, that, how, many, how many shots they fired or something like that. Yeah. You know? And he's turned away from the window and it just turns back around and that thing just flies and hits him right in the face. But yeah, then it pins into the wall. And then you get that aftermath scene where his just entire face is just gone. And so, you know, this and like the dog scene later on and some of these effects yeah. besides the CGI, I thought were pretty good in, in this movie. Yeah. That's something I will give it. I will give the, the death scenes in this are, are pretty good. Yeah. And the effects in it are pretty good. What did you think? I agree with you. I do. I think that they spent more budget on the effects than they did on um, script or acting classes. Um, but that's okay. I think that back in the nineties, especially, um, credit where credit's due, you know, in the nineties, once screen came out, horror had its renaissance. And so if something, if somebody came up with something that was like, Hey, this is going to scare people. Okay. Let's get the gore. Let's get the scare. Let's get this. Nobody cares if they can act. Nobody cares. We want them to be young. We want them to look good. And we want it to be bloody and gross. And they did that. I mean, that is that is what they did really correct and really well in this movie. So, yeah, I mean, 
no, I think, I, th- I think you're right. I think that, yeah, the effects in this movie were spot on, especially for the nineties. Looking back on it 20 years later or 30 years later, 25 years later. I mean, yeah, no, they did it. It's good. Yeah. All that, all of it really holds up because it's all practical. And anytime you're doing, you're doing practical stuff, it, it, it holds up, which is why I just wish they never would have shown you know, the thing that they were battling, it could have just, because we get that this, this thing, this ooze or goo or creature, yeah. you know, possesses people and, you know, they could have just gone with, with that and, you know, yeah. just left out the big whirlwind of blackness, which is stupid as hell. Yeah. But all the practical effects, <clears throat> excuse me, all the practical effects are really well done. And another shout out, Peter O'Toole in this, uh, you know, Lev Schreiber is, 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 is having a great time. Peter O'Toole in this movie is really good. And maybe it's just because it is Academy Award winner Peter O'Toole. But, I mean, his, his portrayal of, of Timothy Flight and the, just the gravitas, you know, and seriousness that, that he plays this, this role is, is brilliant. I thought, I, I, I thought he did a, an amazing job in this movie. I like it. I like that he was so serious and straight, man, that it was... It, it almost adds a cheese level, like a corny level, that it makes it more enjoyable. And I know that that's not on purpose, but it, it helps it. You know, that he is just so Peter O'Toole about yeah. it. You know, he's so serious thespian that his way of doing it it just it 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 adds something to it that that it harkens back to almost a vincent price level performance yeah they've got this serious thespian who is a uh yeah tabloid reporter now yeah it's beautiful it's it's a really really great performance it is it, it it's I mean, he's, he's head and shoulders above everybody else. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So Sheriff Hammond, Ben Affleck's character is able to make this uh, distress call and they get the army involved who just comes in with all kinds of, all kinds of crazy shit. Like, I mean, they have the full CBR stuff and I mean, they set up all this, you know, the, the barricade with, you know, machine guns and stuff like that. I thought it was a little overkill again. You know, in the book, you get a reason for it. And in here, it's just like, okay, why are we getting this response for, you know, <laughs> yeah, what they're calling it? I mean, besides that, we need to add more lambs to the slaughter. And, you know, talking about the effects, so they, they're done away with pretty quickly. And I was getting some very serious blob vibes when they're going around the town and they're just being off. But I, it's, it's, Again, it's this part of the movie, you know, from the hotel scene on, I think is, is actually really, well, to me, is, is really well done, especially when you get the, the shot of, like, the commander, and he gets, he gets possessed, and his helmet breaks, and then he takes that piece of glass out of his mouth. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was, that was crazy. But, like, walk us through that, because we're getting pretty close to the end, because this wraps up really quickly, but... I mean, what did you think about, you know, the, when the, 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 like the army guys were going through the town and they were just being like 
killed. Uh, the, I mean, you know, they were being picked off. Like yeah. it just, it happened so quickly. I, I don't really, I, I can't really go into much detail because I feel like it just happened like a whirlwind. You, you'll have more recollection because you've seen it more than I have. Um, but what, anytime anybody pulls anything out of their mouth, ugh, ugh, it makes my shoulders go up to my ears. It makes me shudder. It gives me goosebumps. I don't like that. And when he pulls that out of his mouth, her, her. Yeah. Yeah. And I, mean- I love, I do love one thing about this is that every time something happens, they, t- the, the creature tells flight. Yeah. This is because you, and this is because, you know, you said, and, you know, and, and flight kind of everything affects him just a little bit more and a little bit differently than it affects everybody else because he's the one that's been writing about this. Yeah. And and that little bit, that little subtlety of just the mask being cracked is, is effect, it's more effective than the creature comes out and rips their whole suit off and takes their skin off and, you know, does all of that. That little bit of, all it takes is that little puncture in the face mask, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's creepy. That- it is. It's 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 very creepy. And uh, you know, speaking about about creepy, and I, oh gosh, I just wish they would have just stuck this landing because again, for the first the first quarter of the movie, uh, you know, it, it goes by pretty quickly. All the setup is not is not done well, but you know, then it ramps up, and they messed up the ending with that CGI. But um, whenever they're trying to trick it into showing itself, and then it appears as all the townspeople behind you know they just they just all show up behind uh timothy flight and that that was just that shot right there where you're just getting silhouettes and everything was really really effective uh, yeah i thought and if it would have just oh, yeah. like, like i said if it would have just been that or you know some something like that where you know they could have found a way not to add you know the the cgi and could have just done something like that would have just been incredible yeah I say it all the time. I miss practical effects. There are so many movies that come out that it's like, if you just would have done that practically, you might not have thought it would be, it would have been as good, but to a true fan, it would have been better. Oh yeah. And this is one of them that the CGI, and maybe also this movie is older. It might not have, it might be because it hasn't aged as well. I mean, this movie is 24 years old. Um, CGI in the nineties obviously is not anywhere near what it is now, but yeah, I do. I do agree with you. The CGI does take it out a little bit, just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's only, there's only that one scene, um, in it when they, when they really get CGI heavy and it doesn't last for very long. It's, it's 10, 10 seconds or so. Yeah. But yeah, they could have just, could have just cut that, but they come up with this plan and to, to vanquish the enemy and it works out. It works out well for him. But the final scene, I <laughs> I could love it because they bring, they bring Liev Schreiber back. It makes you laugh out loud. It does. It's, yeah. 
Oh my goodness. And that, I mean, it leaves on such a great note. So yeah, they're, they're almost they're, giddy. I was almost giddy when I watched that, like at the, the final scene, when I was just like, Oh, Hey, like, yes. <laughs> yay. Yeah. It's like, it's so much fun. It is, yeah. it is so much fun. And every time I, I've, I've seen this movie probably 20, 25 times. Yeah. And this is another one that I, I rewatch. I rewatch quite a lot. Yeah. But it never fails to like make me just break out into a grin because, all right, spoiler alert, if you uh, you don't want to know the, the final scene of this movie, uh, you can skip ahead and I will put that in the description. But here we go. All right. So in the, the final final scene, you get the news report about what happened, although nobody really they, they don't have the full thing. And you, Timothy Flight is talking about, you know, kind of what went down and how the ancient enemy is is really a thing and all this stuff. And they have these two locals in a bar that are are talking about it and making some kind of commentary on it. And then the it pans over and Lev Schreiber is is Stu. He's he's sitting there in his uniform and he's like, You want to see something? Yes. <laughs> I'm just like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. Leah right. Driver, God bless you. Yes. You're awesome. Yeah. Ben Affleck, uh, you're a shoe. Yeah. <laughs> you, uh, yeah. He, he made, oh, he absolutely made this movie. Yeah. Well, all right. Before, before we get into our ratings, is there anything else that you want to talk about in this movie? Um, I would say you should watch this if, you just want a little bit of 90s escapism there's there's no boobs in it so it's not quite a cheesy 80s horror but it gives you that 90s feeling especially with rose mcgowan that she wasn't in that much as far as movies go in the 90s but any movie that she's in it just makes you feel makes you feel a little young again you know so check it out. And Ben Affleck is such a baby in this movie. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, this isn't, this is not a movie that I would not recommend. Well, awesome. I, yeah. I did not know if we were going there, but. But I will say the book is amazing. Read it. That book is, the book is, the book is better. Read all of Dean Koontz's books. Yeah, he is. Oh, he's amazing. He's so cool. Yeah. All right, so on a scale of one to five giant fucking moth creatures, what are you giving Phantom? <laughs> I'm giving it a two and a half. <laughs> All right, that, that is higher than I thought you were going to. We were, <laughs> I am pleasantly surprised. <laughs> it was good for what it was. So right, uh, right average. Oh, that's, that's, like I said, that's, that's higher than I thought Perfectly you were going to get. I, I will say that talking about it has raised my rating. I think that if I if I had watched it on my own and then later on somebody had been like, hey, what'd you think of Phantoms? I'd have been like, <laughs> 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 but talking about it definitely raised my rating. This is this is definitely a movie. Um, yeah. If you want to enjoy it, watch it with somebody else or watch it and then talk about it. Yeah. Awesome. That is yours. Awesome. So 
I am going to give this movie, and this is pure enjoyment. So this is pure me, guys. On a scale of one to five giant fucking moth creatures, I'm giving this a four out of five. Yeah, Boomer. And that is not a technical rating, guys. This movie is not a good movie. But if you like 90s, if you have that nostalgia bug hitting you, uh, this will give you all of those feelings and thoughts and all that stuff. Uh, and just watch this for Leif Shriver and, and Peter O'Toole alone, and you're gonna oh. have you're gonna have a good time. I mean, crack some beers, have friends over, preferably horror friends, because if 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 they're uh, if they're normies, they're gonna hate you. But you want to have a good time on a on a Saturday night, just laugh at something. Then uh, then this is a amazing amazing watch. Yeah, I, I had so much fun with this movie, but like I said, it's it's not a great movie. Yeah. It that is, is not. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're too, in the, if you're in the mood to enjoy something though, it is it is enjoyable. Yeah, this is the very yeah. definition of like just turn your brain off. Just silly, stupid fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Silly, stupid fun. Yeah. We all need that sometimes. Yeah, well, you I mean you can't watch the witch every day. Exactly. Exactly. That's uh, two movies down. And as always, I asked for uh, you guys' thoughts on the socials. And there were quite a few responses to this one. So, Mm. yeah, Movies for Days said, I adore Event Horizon. Not perfect by any means, but such a great watch. Sci-fi horror doesn't always deliver, and the cast is so outstanding. Maybe that's part of why I hold this one so high. And mm-hmm. apparently Aflac was the bomb at Phantoms, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's, that's so good. Friend of the show, the house that streams war podcast. I love Event Horizon. I did two different shows on it last year. Phantoms is, I love this part. Candy is so awesome. Candy, I love you. Phantoms is fine, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Candy. You're my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking perfect. I love that. Oh my God, Candy, I love your show. And you are so freaking funny. She's amazing. Oh my God, that's so good. Nicole Zimmerman says, Event Horizon was an unexpected horror treat. Scary, fantastic casting. A real gory gem. No real opinion, opinion on Phantoms, although I did like the book a lot. So and, and we both said that. We were both. <laughs> okay, we're, yeah, we'll take that. That's we're good. We're both on board for that one, yeah. yes. Yeah. Francis Movie Addict. Rumor has it after witnessing Ben Affleck's acting in Phantoms, the event horizon folded space and time to get the fuck out of there. (laughs) 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 All of the likes. All of the likes on that one. Oh my God, that's the best. That's so good. Uh, yeah, I'll give that one. That, that, that is amazing. Man Bites Dog Podcast says, I love Event Horizon so much. It has got one of the best spaceships in sci-fi. Also, Neil, oh, Sam Neil and uh, Fishburne Kill it. And yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on with that. Nothing about Phantoms, which I am surprised. And finally, Rudy, I love them both. And I love you, Rudy. You are the man. Somebody, somebody out there finally is on board with Phantoms besides myself. <laughs> hey, Rudy. 
you made rumors day. Yeah, I was, I, yeah, he was, he was the only one that constantly get that. I, 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 it's funny because, um, when people ask for controversial horror opinions, I'm always throwing this one out there. In fact, uh, Ian from podcast of the damned, who is just an amazing human being has an amazing show guys, but, uh, Hi, Ian. He, he asked that, uh, the other day. And so my, uh, mine were, uh, <laughs> speaking about candy who's going to kill me one of these days but uh mine were nightmare on elm street is not a good movie phantoms <gasps> is a good movie <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and uh if you don't agree with me it doesn't mean that i'm attacking you personally <laughs> i think that everybody would do good to remember that yeah if we don't agree we're not mad at each other well, before we get out of here, do you have a controversial horror opinion off the top of your head? Off the top of my head, do I have a controversial horror opinion? Um, do I? Oh my god. Um, it's hard because um, you know, most of my horror is watched with horror gamer. And our tastes are so different that um, when we watch together, both of our horror opinions are controversial to each other. Oh, okay. So I don't know if I go like main, I don't, I don't want to say like mainstream. If I, if I go to like a wider audience, I don't know if my opinions would seem controversial. Um, I, I, I don't think that I'm trying to think of what my favorites are. Um, if there are horror, like some of my go-tos that maybe other people don't like. I mean, I guess you could say <laughs> Halloween four and five. I just love those movies. Oh, yep, um, that's, that's not a bad one. Yeah, I don't know if that's considered controversial. Controversial, though. I mean, like if you're if you're a Halloween person, you love those. I mean, I, I just I just love them. I I think that's as controversial as I get. I so if it scares it. me, I love it. I don't know that. I'm trying to think. My God. Um... Uh, this might be controversial. Okay. Don't at me, everybody. I well, hate We're about to give you a here. here again here, here in just a second, so be careful. No. <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> I said we're about to give your links uh, in just a second, so be careful. <laughs> I'm about to lose every single one of my followers. <laughs> I hated Midsummer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't. I've watched it. Four times, four times. Oh man, that's a, that is a good one. Cause I, I love it so much. I have tried, I have tried. I can't, I cannot, I can't. I, I think that's the most controversial that I can get. I can't, I cannot with that movie. I hate every, I, and you know what it is though? I hate every single character in that movie. <laughs> okay, well, they are easy to hate. Yeah, and I think that's why I can't identify with anybody in that movie. So I can't, and and it's not even that I'm rooting for anybody to die or to live. I'm I I could I I don't care. 
<laughs> I love it. Okay. So that, so that that's, is a good one. That's my controversial movie opinion. I'm sorry. I hate oh, it. That's, that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that, that, that does. That breaks my heart because I love Midsommar. I'm I do sorry. Hereditary. I know everybody loves it. Everybody, but Hereditary? Yeah, I, li- I like, I think uh, Midsommar, and that's, I guess maybe that's controversial, but I, I think Mid- Midsommar is a better movie than Hereditary. Oh, we disagree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit. No, I, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, Hereditary has my whole heart. Tony Collette deserves the Oscar, the Tony, the Emmy, the Grammy, the, I mean, the freaking Fast Reader Library Award. She deserves everything for Hereditary. She is that movie. That actually, um, I had brought up my favorite podcast earlier. Um, they are doing a series of live shows in the town that they are from. That's my birthday trip this year. I am traveling to their town and attending one of their live shows where they're presenting Hereditary. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I cannot wait because my favorite podcast and one of my favorite recent horror movies is Hereditary. I could watch that movie over and over again. I love that movie. The, the dining table scene. Her breakdown at the din- at the dinner table. Oh yeah, is one of the best acted scenes in recent movie history. I can't say enough about it. What is your favorite horror movie of all time? Evil Dead Two. Mm, nice. Yeah, I didn't. I don't even have to think about it. It's been my favorite for years. I yeah. love Evil Dead Two. Yeah. That is that is absolutely my jam. What about what about yours? We'll get what we'll I got out here real pretty soon but what, what, what's your favorite horror movie of all time of all time hell house llc oh it's a good one yeah and that's one you don't hear hear a, a lot even i mean as good as it is yeah i uh and it's a recent one um i think that i was i was very much on the exorcist wagon for decades but hell house llc that movie still to this day scares me as much as it did the day, the day I saw it. I've, um, I have met and, um, on one of our episodes, we actually, um, interviewed the filmmakers. I stopped them (laughs) until I I could meet them. And, and I've, I've had several conversations with them. They are the coolest people in the whole wide world. Um, and that movie I can watch over and over and over again. That's a good one. Have it you seen Terrifier? Oh yeah, I hated that movie. Did you hate it? Oh yeah, I thought that was a whole lot of nothing with uh, the score thrown in, and that's apparently another controversial horror opinion I have. But I hated Terrifier. All Hallows Eve, uh, you know, which came before it, I thought was okay. Okay. Um, but Terrifier, I I just could not stand that that movie. You know, I watched it last night for the first time because so many people loved it. I liked it. And then I woke up this morning and I was like, I really liked that movie. And I thought about it and it's like, I kind of really want to watch it again. Because now today, I don't know if I liked it as much as I thought I did. Yeah. So I think I'm going to rewatch it. Because I don't know. I'm not a big gore person. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I like it as much as I thought I did, as much as I think I do. 
I mean, the clown is creepy. Oh, yeah. I'm not afraid of clowns in person, but you put a creepy clown in a movie. Fuck me. Yeah. Yeah, I just uh, couldn't get on board with that. I just, there's no plot to it. I, I don't know. I just, I, I just couldn't get behind it. People love that movie. Oh, yeah, they do. Like, yep. cult-like movie. Like, they love it. Well, now they have another reason to come at me, but <laughs> there's plenty of them. Leave us alone, you guys. I know. <laughs> we don't want to hear about Midsummer or Terrifier. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Gabby, we will close this out one more time. Why don't you tell the listeners where they can find you? You can find us on Twitter at Horror LLC, Instagram, Horror Haven LLC, and download the slasher app slasher.tv we are there at horror haven llc you can find us on any of the podcast apps that you listen to just search for horror haven llc again we're on hiatus you guys i'm so sorry we will be back as soon as we possibly can we miss you and we love you so much and we look forward to talking to you again but in the meantime please listen to our back catalog and we can't wait to talk to you guys again Please listen to our episodes featuring our good friend, Stephen Harold from the Ginger Snaps here on YouTube. He is still putting out a ton of new material on his YouTube page. And he was most recently on our page on our podcast talking about Rob Zombie. Another controversial uh, topic, but awesome. Awesome. And guys, like I said, all those uh, description or all those links will be down in the description. Go check them out. Give them a follow on the socials for their podcast. They do an amazing job. And Horror Gamer, who we will be having on the show in just a few weeks, also has a YouTube channel, and I will link that as well. And I promise you, you're not going to be disappointed. They do such great work. Hi, Horror Gamer. I miss you, and I love you. Hi, friend. Hey, my dude. I hope you were doing well. And as always, if you would like to follow me, I'm on Twitter at WoodsPodcast1 gmail.com well uh, i'm sorry gmail you can email the show podcast in the woods one and until next time my dudes and dead eyes out there stay spooky bye